Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, my guest is Mr. Kelvin Ma, the founder of Rank Breeze. He's uh, been on the podcast a couple times. Always very interesting uh, to talk to him. He is the Airbnb SEO expert, at least that's kind of how I see you, Kelvin. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, accurate, but, uh, but yeah, welcome to the show, man. Good to see you. Yeah, that sounds, I, I hope that's accurate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Um, well, I'm excited to uh, to have you back on the podcast. Uh, Kelvin did a very interesting study, and I'll let you share the details. But essentially, you uh, you analyzed a staggering 1.49 million Airbnb pages uh, to get our insights on these listings and uh, specifically the rankings. A total of uh, like over 29,000 properties, just to get an idea of like what what kind of ranking factors are important, what's changed. So I'm super excited to uh, to dive into the takeaways. Uh, but before we dive into the report, Kelvin, um, has anything changed in the last year or so when it comes to like Airbnb visibility? I know Airbnb introduced the categories, which was kind of a big change. Um, when was that? About a year ago or so. Um, have you seen Have you seen any major changes recently? Uh, probably the, the biggest change that we've seen is just that, uh, in the past we've seen properties tend to stick around for a longer period of time on those first, uh, first pages. And I guess, uh, maybe just for some clarification in, in the world of RankBreeze, RankBreeze, we're a software company. We, we track Airbnb rankings. Uh, we also do dynamic pricing and, and market data, but just from a rankings perspective, uh, we view rankings, a, a good set of rankings to be page five. So if you're on page one, two, mm. three, four, five, that's considered good in, in our eyes. And uh, what we've noticed is that in the past year, uh, you just it's just a little bit more difficult to stay on those first five pages more consistently before. Before you could rank high and you could you it was very. Um, dependable in terms of how long you might stick around there for but uh it looks like that is not as much of the case and uh uh you know i think there's a couple different factors for that but ultimately that that's one thing we've noticed is that uh the the one rule around ranking higher and sticking around for longer is not as uh it's not as long and i I think that also has to do with supply rotating around too right so do you think Airbnb has kind of changed the algorithm or do you think they're just sw- swapping properties around more to kind of test out like what's going to convert well? Uh, well, Airbnb is changing their algorithm uh, all the time, really. You know, every mm-hmm. month they're they're making adjustments. Uh, if you, maybe if you consider Google, Google uh, makes, I think, like 200 changes. It's been a while since I saw the stat on that, but it's, like 200 changes a day, which is which is a lot. Uh, Airbnb is not as sophisticated as Google, and uh, it it shouldn't be either. Right? You're just kind of ordering, <laughs> you're just ordering uh, properties on a, on a page there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Airbnb is making changes. What we've seen is typically every two weeks, uh, there's a little bit of a a change that's that's added there, which uh, sometimes can result in some rankings moving up and down 
uh, dramatically, but uh, it, it does tend to smooth itself out though as well. Got it. All right. Well, let's dive into the Airbnb rankings uh, report. As I mentioned, you've analyzed a million and a half pages to 20, 29,000 unique properties. Um, so I'm excited to hear the, the takeaways. Yeah. Um, I can share my screen as well with uh, with you. And so we can kind of go over it from, from that perspective. But, uh, you know, for the audio folks that are listening, uh, and I'm guessing it's mostly audio, uh, we'll be, you know, we will be really cognizant of the fact that, that, uh, that when we're looking at charts, we'll try to describe it as well as possible, but also try to make it, make it simple too. Um, yeah. a little Let's bit of that. recap of what the study is. It's, uh, yeah, we, again, we analyzed 1.49 million Airbnb, uh, pages. So you can really think of those as searches ultimately too. Uh, so 1.49 searches, 49 million searches and, uh, 29, a little over 29,000 properties, unique properties. And these properties were found across three different cities. Those cities are Gatlinburg, Nashville, and uh, Scottsdale. Uh, if you're familiar with those cities, those cities are uh, pretty uh, pretty competitive, I would say. Uh, Scottsdale has seen a lot of growth in the last year, so um, that's led to more, more competition. Uh, Gatlinburg, I would say, is almost always being competitive. Uh, but it, it, you know, that's actually a really good thing when it comes down to looking at this study, because, um, it, it, to me, it really doesn't get more competitive than in places like, like Gatlinburg, where when you're, when you're visiting and looking through those, those properties there, you know, they're really, really decked out. Um, and, uh, uh, you gotta be pretty bold to, to step into that market and know what you're doing and really do purpose built properties, uh, in Nashville and Scottsdale, maybe not quite the same, you know, you don't really have to do purpose-built uh, short-term rentals in, in those areas. But really, that's, 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 those are the three cities that, that we decided to, to analyze. And uh, probably the most important thing is that uh, when you're, when you're well, we, I guess if, if you want to download the report, which I'm assuming you do, you can go to rankbreeze.com forward slash Airbnb dash rankings with an S dash study. So that's rankbreeze.com forward slash Airbnb dash rankings dash study. Uh, you can probably just Google that as well and the, and the page will, will pop up. But when you go in, when you actually look at the study here, uh, what we've done is we've divided the the search pages into different categories. So as I, if you remember, we talked about earlier was what we see being on page five is is good. You know, you don't always have to be on page one. It's, 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 it's great to be on page one, but uh, being within those top um, top five pages is, is, is great. So how we've divided mm -hmm. our, our categories is we've, we've divided the pages into the top pages, which is page one to three. And then we consider the middle pages to be four to six. And then the bottom pages are between seven and uh, 15 pages. Typically you can do a max of, of 15 pages. On right. There. I just want to point out one thing, um, you know, like it, the page that you're on, is also dependent on the amount of guests that people are searching for, right? So, like, if you have, let's say, you have a home with like three bedrooms, you can host up to six guests. You know, you might be on a different page for two guests versus four guests versus six guests, correct? Uh, yes. And also, and what's important to note as well is that it depends on the dates, of course, as well. So, some people think that 
page one means you're always on page one, but it really depends on the search parameters, right? So you might see your listing on page two for certain parameters and for other parameters, like you might see it on page three. Um, but I guess, you know, the, you want to be on average for, you know, you kind of want to be in that one to five, page one to five for the majority of the searches, I guess. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, I guess maybe another fun fact <laughs> is that uh, we've seen properties tend to perform their best in terms of their their highest rankings consistently, um, if for whatever whatever date ranges uh, are out there uh, in your calendar. So if you have the next four weekends available, uh, on average, we, we've seen is that the better performing guest count happens to be typically two under two under your max guests count. So for example, if you have a property that holds 10 guests, uh, you probably perform the best at eight guests. For some reason, that's just how how Airbnb seems to like to organize things. So, um, you know, if you're, you know, you can kind of reverse engineer that a little bit and and consider that as your, as your, uh, as, as what you can add into your max listings if you want to surgically perform better on specific uh, guest counts. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm full of these fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's why I invite you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so in the you know in this in this report, uh, you, you know you, it's it's fun to think of all these numbers and stuff like that. But but what we uh, what we did was we just organized the the data into ways to answer specific questions like uh, should should you have instant book on what does the data say uh, how impactful is is uh is a super host um uh is getting super host or becoming a super host does that truly boost your rankings and like how much of an impact does that does that make for you because airbnb tells you that it makes an impact but you know you can't always believe what uh what airbnb says there and uh and so we just wanted to look at the data as far as if if that's a trustworthy thing that that they're saying there uh, other things such as how long the listing description is and and uh, what what star ratings uh, you should have that that um, uh, if you were to fall below it that you should you should be concerned about. So we can we can yeah. dive into those things. We've got a whole bunch of different questions to go through. Um, uh, maybe I'll start to share my screen. Then is that okay, Jasper? Yeah, okay. just for you, just because it's you. Okay. No one's else allowed that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Okay, let's see here. Boom, there we go. Uh, okay, so if you're okay, watching so this, if you're watching this on YouTube, then you now you can see Kelvin's fancy report and you can kind of read through his uh through it as we as we go. So walk us through yeah. Kelvin. Big the biggest Perfect. takeaways. All right. Okay, so if you can you can see the report, right? Uh yeah. yeah I think you should be able to. Great. Uh so the first question is, Does should you have Instant Book turned on and will it hurt mm, your rankings if, if you have it turned off? Because some people don't really enjoy uh, having Instant Book turned on. And uh, from, uh, from, from, from what we've seen, uh, again, we've, 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 we've categorized the pages into top pages, which is the first three pages, and then the middle pages is uh, page uh, f f uh, three to six, three to six there. So, um, 
really, I guess you can think of the top in the middle as, as the top six pages there. And what we've seen is that uh, instant book tends to uh, occupy a higher proportion of the properties on the first six pages. And, uh, and beyond those first six pages, uh, we've seen that instant book is not favorable for you. So if you're essentially questioning whether or not you should have instant book turned on, uh, it, it's, it's pretty much a resounding, you should have it turned on. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, categorically going to be impactful for you. Yeah. And most properties yeah, have we, it on at this point. I think most people are aware of that, right? Most hosts are aware of that. I think that Instabooked is uh, is an, is important to ha- to turn it on for visibility. Yeah, yeah. We saw about you know ninety ninety three to ninety five percent of the properties on on all of the pages uh, tend to have this on. But I guess you know you do have to remember too that that it's not completely all instant books. So it is possible for you to rank uh, rank higher with instant book turned on or sorry turned off but you know you're kind of just working against yourself which is which is uh you know running short-term rentals is hard enough so you don't really yeah. want to you don't want to do that to yourself at all um uh you know, actually you know maybe another interesting thing is that uh, we also looked and considered uh what what do properties without instant book have and properties that don't have instant book turned on uh we noticed have a similar number number of reviews, uh, but they also had slightly better rankings, though, and uh, also a fewer number of photos on average. So those properties that that had Instant Book turned off, we noticed had uh, slightly better ranking or ra- ratings. Sorry, star ratings. I was going to say a fewer thought, number of, uh, of, of re- photos. Okay, so just to be clear. The rank- rankings are better if we have instant book turned on, but for the people that don't have instant book turned on, on average, have higher ratings. That's what you're saying, right? Yes, those so, ones who had instant book turned on that we found vis- that were visible on those first pages. Yes, right. Yeah. So it's almost like maybe maybe it's a if you turn instant book off, maybe you need to compensate with higher ratings and more reviews to be able to be able to be able to show up on the first pages. Yeah. Yeah. You could certainly look at it like that. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, let's go to the next one. Nice. Uh, so does being an Airbnb super host really help my rankings? And out of the 1.49 million searches that we saw, uh, we noticed that the super hosts always, always dominated the first page uh, by about 70, 77% of the properties on the first page were consistently super hosts. And, you know, out of 1.49 million searches, it's a lot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of searches mm. there. So statistically significant is, is, uh, is true here for, for most of the data that we're looking at. Oh, sorry, not all, all the data, really, uh, just given how many searches that we, that we ran here. Um, uh, an interesting thing, though, if you're if you're looking at the chart here, you can see the first page was 77%, uh, but then it's for the second and third pages, it actually dips down to 60, uh, 60, 69%, I think it is, 69% and 67% for page two and three, but then it bumps back up for um, for the amount of super hosts back up to 70% for page four, and then it just slowly uh, dips down after that mm-hmm. 
And you know, they recently changed the criteria to become a super host, right? It used to be the case that if you had one cancellation in the last 12 months, you would lose your status uh, versus now you need to get to less than 1%, which I thought was a very good, uh, good change to make because, you know, just, I mean, something could always happen, you know, like if you one cancellation, you immediately lose your super host status. I always felt like that was a little, uh, little cruel. Harsh. Yeah. Yeah. A little harsh. For sure. <laughs> it's okay to use that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was harsh you make, because you make one mistake and you're out. Right. Exactly. It doesn't mean that you're not a great host and you shouldn't have that extra boost in visibility because of the fact that, that you had one cancellation for some particular reason that could, could completely be out of your control. I mean, you could do your best to find that person another place to stay as well. And, and, uh, you know, you're still going to get, uh, penalized for for that so yeah that's a great change it's probably works in, in line with just the the way that airbnb has evolved to to cater to property managers because it is a little bit more difficult for a larger property manager to maintain uh super host status although it's definitely possible there are super there are super hosts who who manage uh ton, tons of properties it, it is it is possible to achieve that but um but the reality is is, is that it's harder and, uh, Alrighty, so definitely become a super host. Yeah, do all those things conclusion. that they're saying. Yeah, it's it's proven. We've we've now looked at 1.49 million properties, um, uh, for 1.49 million searches, and and that's been verified here. Overwhelmingly, on the first page, it's it's always true. And then, don't know why, but it does dip on the second and third mm. pages, which is a little odd. Um, but it is what it is, and we're not going to argue with the data at this point. <laughs> data doesn't lie <laughs> all right uh, this yeah. is interesting airbnb listing description how long yeah. should it be yeah yeah how long should your your airbnb listing description be so um what we found is that longer descriptions tend to do better and uh the average words for uh listings that appeared on the first page uh, came out to to 660 words. Uh, we we measured everything in characters, but but um, just for simplicity's sake, uh, 666 were 660 words uh, was the average that we noticed on the first page. There, longer descriptions tended to do better. Um, if you're looking at uh, if if you can see our our, uh, our chart here on page one, it's uh, it's just it's just a little bit higher than page two, and it goes down a little bit down further and further, further and further down as we reach down to uh, the the last pages there. So, uh, okay, so having longer a is longer list, yeah, longer description is better, but uh, that probably doesn't exactly mean that you should have a listing description that's lengthier just for the sake of length, though, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and also and we all know that no one reads that description, but uh, you know it, just, it will help your visibility. But I would say like make sure that at the top of your description, just have the most important uh, selling points in in bullet point format or easy to read, because people don't read if if you have like more than three lines, like people don't read it anymore. That's too much. You know the attention span for reading has gone down so much. Um, so I would say like make sure the top is like very easy to read and the most important stuff there and then below you can kind of you know add more detail context to everything and 
and that way you can get to the higher character count. Right. I think that's the summary. Uh, there's that 500 character, 500 character limit uh, box at the very top there. Uh, I think, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I actually might push back a little bit with, with, with what you're saying. Uh, I do agree that I guess no, in some ways. That. It's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're out. <laughs> a band. Uh, so the 100% agree the fact that most people don't read. You know, if you, you, it happens all the time, right? Somebody stays at your property and they ask you questions that are just clearly written in the listing description there. However, um, I think that it's all important also to, 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 to acknowledge that everybody's different too, you know, not the pictures are of course, very important for, for everyone. Pictures are important for everyone, but to, but to put, um, but to put the, the description completely away and to say that it's, it's, it's not important is, is not true though. Just because there's different types of people out there. Some people, it's just like people that book further ahead, right? There's people that book really far in advance. And mm-hmm. then there's people who book last minute. And those are different types of people. I would imagine the people who book further ahead probably are um, probably are, are, are big readers in a sense. They're going to read <laughs> your listing description a little bit more thoroughly because they're, they're maybe the research type of, uh, type of booker. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, and, and, and maybe people that book last minute might, of course, I don't want to offend anybody, right? To say that, to say <laughs> that if you book last minute, you don't read, you don't read stuff, but, uh, um, yeah, it's just like, you know, when we ask, when we're hiring people at Rank Breeze, we always ask people, uh, have they booked an Airbnb before? And what were the decisions that they made to decide to book that property that they, they, they last did? And everyone tends to have different answers. Uh, and it certainly varies between, between, um, men and women. So that's why I, I just wanted to put that little bit of caveat there that, that even though most you, we do experience those people who, who don't, read the description but uh i definitely read the description for sure when i look <laughs> when i book at a property i want to make sure that I, i'm reading this thing uh top to bottom because i don't want to i don't want to yeah. make a mistake um mistake with it especially i think even people like especially people with families i bet you people with families tend to read descriptions a lot just because there's there's a lot of characteristics when you're booking a property and you've got mm. a you know maybe a, a small infant there you, you really need to make sure that there's there's things there yeah, I guess we could say just don't count on all your guests reading the entire description. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, exactly. Sometimes you know when you're when you're operating a, a business, the things that float up to the top are maybe some of those those negative things. But the people that are the the most relaxed to stay at your property that never bother you, you know, you never know if they read the description, and maybe they have. Maybe that's why they're so happy about it. All right, let's go to the next. So we've talked about instant book superhost status. We've talked about the length of your description. Now let's talk about star rating, review star rating. Yes, uh, your reviews star rating. Um, one thing that I think typically comes up is a question around, you know, my 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 listing's been around for a long time. I've got. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you've got a hundred reviews on a, on a property. So you're, you're pretty invested into this property, but, uh, as time goes on, perhaps the rating has fallen below a certain threshold. You're not sure what that threshold should be. Um, from what we've seen, 
that threshold should be 4.85 stars. If your property dips below 4.85 stars, you probably should be concerned. Um, of course, that's not really going to just your 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 property's not going to just drop <laughs> down to 4.85 right away. Uh, so you know it'll be a slow descent, I'm sure, to to that moment in time. And 4.85 may not seem that bad, I guess, in 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 the reality of things. But from the data that we saw, on average, uh, 4.89 stars is 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 what it is typically on the first uh, sorry the first page there. And then uh, 4.85 is when you're when you're reaching the the bottom pages. Uh, that's still how high the ratings are, at least in in these areas that we looked at, which was again Nashville, Gatlinburg, and Scottsdale. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and you and can have you in noticed, this other chart too. By the way, by the <laughs> way, have you noticed? Like, I hear a lot of hosts are saying that uh, it's become harder to get higher ratings. Is that I notice on Airbnb now when you review, like they ask you so many different questions about how your stay was. You can add so much more detail now than before. Mm -hmm. And so people seem to believe that that's led to average scores going down. Any any thoughts on that? Uh no, I don't I don't know about that per se. I do know that, you know, when you when you are asked to leave a review as a guest, there are still the same questions that get asked. You know how how clean was your stay and and all that kind of stuff. Those 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 items are still there, but now they do tend to do a little bit more quality assurance, I guess. Um, even asking things like, "Is was there really a?" a 50 inch TV in the property <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> so, yeah. is one that I've noticed. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like part of the, part of the reasons why they're, they're doing that is to improve the quality of the property and just to make sure that it actually matches it. But no, I don't, I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's the case. So, so maybe um, I'm just thinking be, out loud here, thinking out loud here, but maybe like, imagine you stay in the Airbnb, right. And, um, and you feel like the listing was completely accurate, and then you go you go to reviewing, and then Airbnb asks like, "Hey, was there really a uh, coffee machine of this particular brand?" And then you're like, "Um, oh well, I didn't really. Let me check. Oh, actually, no. Hmm. Oh, okay. Let me give me. All right, I'll put a four star for accuracy. If they wouldn't have asked you, you might have didn't even noticed." <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, that could be the case there. Um, you know, I think anyway. They're probably always changing these things. You know, each time I book a property, I, I, I do notice that the, the the review flow does change, which is very interesting. Um, and uh, there's probably some sort of correlation to to that. You know, they wouldn't ask they wouldn't ask these questions, I guess, if they didn't take it into account for for how um, for what type of quality and what the guest experience was for them. Um, yeah, so there, yeah, it could happen. It's it's totally possible, but I don't know. I thought you knew everything. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't know everything, um, but but I try to give as much and research as much as we can for for the community for sure. All right, let's go to the next one. How many photos should I have? Yes. Uh, so out of the one point four nine million searches, uh, we discovered that your listing should aim to have at least. 31 high quality and appealing photos. Uh, yeah, we, we just noticed that if you're, if you've got 
under 30 photos, just don't have them. <laughs> just don't have them over <laughs> under 30 photos. Just do yourself a favor and have uh, more photos is, is typically better from what we've seen. The top majority, uh, the majority of top ranking properties we noticed had 30 to 60 photos. Um, that might be a little bit skewed uh, because of uh, the fact that Gatlinburg was included in in this in this study, uh, Gatlinburg just tends to have more photos there because uh, there's maybe more things to take pictures of in in a way because you it's a cabin area so you can take a lot more pictures of of nature. Um, there's more opportunities in 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 that way. But we've seen the the top ranking properties though typically have between thirty to sixty photos in place, and uh, the more photos. Uh, the better, actually. So we noticed that uh, on the first first pages, again, we've got a little chart here listing between page one uh, uh, all the way down to the last pages, and uh, it's just decreasing. It, the 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 number of average photos decreases slightly the further down you go. So the more photos, the better. Got it. Okay, Ferdy, that's that's quite a lot. I see a lot of listings that have like 15, 20 photos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that does seem like a lot, but that's what that's what the data says. So that's kind of what we're what we're going with right now. Yeah, we'll go we'll go with the data. All right, next one. Yeah, so for for those folks that are uh large property managers, the question that we asked was uh, should you keep all your listings on the same profile? Uh, from a pure business perspective, you might think of it like you're kind of spreading your eggs around, not having all your eggs in a single basket. So you might have all your properties on a single uh, profile. And we wanted to try to understand, does that make sense? Should you spread around your profile or sorry your your listings on different profiles if you're in the same city if you're if you're in different cities um jasper i think you mentioned this in in the mastermind call with with your group there uh that uh that that you notice that uh, big companies tend to spread their their portfolios uh and have separate airbnb profiles based on uh the city that they're in and uh yeah, that that's great, and that works in in that perspective. And I would imagine it's probably just because it's easier for revenue managers to to keep track of those things, and maybe even accounting uh, is is perhaps a little bit easier in in that perspective too. But um, from what we saw, is that uh, actually having a large number of listings did not did not hurt you from ranking. Um, higher on those first pages. So we kind of thought maybe there's a possibility where if you are if you have large a large number of properties, you might not rank as well just because Airbnb does like to highlight the fact that, you know, they're they're about um they're about hosts, not about property managers sometimes, right? So yeah, that, that's what they that, say, that's, but that's they but <laughs> <laughs> then they really want to make more money, so then they're happy with the property managers. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I think it's I think it's kind of one of those things too, where um, the majority of people are not property managers, right? The most most people are not property managers on on Airbnb. Uh, most most are most are operating on you know much smaller, maybe just one, two, three, three properties, right? 
So they are really speaking to the majority of, of their, um, of their hosts there. But, uh, you know, are they really discounting people that have large numbers of properties? Uh, no. So we haven't seen that. Uh, and also what we've noticed too is that, uh, what we, what we would suggest that is that if you do want to de-risk your business a little bit, we would suggest not to have more than 60 listings in your profile, just because we've kind of noticed that, um, in those top middle and bottom pro, uh, top middle and bottom, uh, rankings and pages, we've noticed that the majority of the top, the middle 50% of, of, uh, of of uh, of properties there or, or of hosts sorry of hosts typically had 60 uh, up to 60 properties on their on their on their profiles before splitting yep. them up got it all right all right um, cancellation policy that that was a very interesting one this is probably the most surprising takeaway that we're about to share yeah strict cancellation policy so uh, does a strict cancellation policy keep my listing from from ranking highly? And uh, what we noticed is that no, that is not the case. Uh, and if you're familiar with, I guess there's there's all sorts of different cancellation policies. So you you probably don't know them all by heart. Um, I'm not even sure if Airbnb knows them them all by heart either. But strict cancellation policy, uh, if my recollection serves me, is I believe you have 24 hours to 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 cancel. So as a guest, a guest can cancel within 24 hours of making their booking. And then uh, I think it's between seven and 14 days. Uh, if they if they do cancel, you you still keep the, the 50% of, of the booking there. So that's that's what a strict cancellation policy is. And from the, the data that we looked at um, in Gatlinburg, Nashville, and, and Scottsdale, uh, we sh- we saw that strict cancellation policies had no problem ranking um, ranking well on in those places, and not only ranking well, but also being almost like almost the majority, fifty uh, percent at least was was what we noticed uh, in in those places. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. But by the way, is forty eight hours? You can cancel within forty eight hours, mm, and sorry. it has to be at least fourteen days before check in. Then you get a full refund. But um, but yeah, I felt this. I felt this was surprising as well because um, I remember that Airbnb was pushing that flexible cancellation policy pretty hard. That's a while yeah. ago, though. So, so yeah, maybe they've kind of come back from that idea that everyone has to be has to have a flexible policy. Hmm. Uh, I mean that actually steps in line <laughs> probably with our next question here is do listings with flexible cancellation policies rank higher uh from the data what we looked at the distribution at least was that most people don't have a flexible cancellation policy um yeah most people do not have a flexible cancellation policy and uh i'm sure Ka- J- jasper you're probably looking at it right now but flexible cancellation policy is just if you cancel within is it the same day that you cancel? You still get uh, you, you still get your money back as a yeah, guest. Yeah, you have to cancel twenty four hours before check in for a full refund. So that's it's pretty it's pretty crazy if you think about it, right? Yeah, it is. But I do actually, I do think that you know maybe on the flip side of things, I think most hotels actually have a flexible cancellation policy, though, right? Like you yeah. you can cancel twenty four hours ahead. Uh, uh, and depending on where you book, you know, uh, you, 
you'll have these kind of these these another uh, cancellation policy, which might be, uh, you know, seven days. You'll be mm-hmm. able to cancel if you yeah. cancel within seven days or after seven days. Yeah, you, you I, don't get. I know. I know hotels, but I feel like for a hotel, it makes a little bit more sense because they it's a bit more competitive. Like your short term rentals are more unique, and it's also like mm-hmm. let's say you have one listing and it's like a big weekend, you know, like and somebody cancels, it has a there's a bit more risk. I feel like especially for smaller hosts. Oh yeah, but yeah. I, um, I I do. It'd be think pretty that, cool uh, to have. I was gonna say it'd what? be pretty interesting if if one day. Uh, you had different types of flex cancellation policies based on a on a on a specific day, uh, or or a, you know almost like seasonal. You can you can have seasonal changes if you if you set it up uh, correctly and things like that. And you have um, uh, yeah you can you can you can do that right. But uh, but having it on a per day basis and having specific reservation and calendar intervals with specific cancellation policies that would be really interesting. I think. Well, I mean, you can change your cancellation policy. But you can't say you can't say, for example, like, "Hey, July August is my high season." You know, I want a different cancellation policy for bookings in those two window two two months versus the rest of the year. You can't do that, right? No, no, you can't do no. you can't do that. You'd have to change it manually, is what I mean. You could you could do it, yeah, but you'd have exactly. to like you'd have to have a calendar date on everything to 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 adjust it. Um, you can only have one yeah. cancellation policy for for, yeah, your, exactly. for your listing for the entire time. So you could say like, well, you know what? If I want to have a different cancellation policy for bookings in the summer, then you look at like when do people book? There's, you know, when do people book, and then you would have to change it right before that period, I guess. But, but it's mm-hmm. an interesting point actually, because that would be interesting if if we can actually have different cancellation policies for different times of the year. Yeah, that'd be a cool. Email them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, so I guess we got a little bit derailed there without giving maybe the answer there. So we, we noticed that flexible cancellation policies typically, uh, appeared more on the bottom pages, uh, which was after page six, we noticed more, more flexible cancellation policies performing better on mm. the past page six and, and up mm. to pay and the first and the top pages, uh, uh, other cancellation policies tended to do better than than cans than, right. than than a flexible cancellation policy. So that that's that's very surprising. That's interesting. But I have a, a follow up question for you here because we're looking at correlation here. Correlation doesn't mean causation, right? So just because there's more strict cancellation policy listing showing up on page one doesn't necessarily mean that. If you set it to strict, it actually helps your visibility, right? We also have to think of cofactors, right? For example, yes, correct. Yeah. So, for just to give an example of that, is you know, I think a lot of people when they when they're listing when they don't have a lot of reviews yet and just they're kind of starting out, they might put it at flexible just because they want to get people in the door, and then eventually, as the listing has like more reviews higher ratings like all these other things that also contribute to a higher ranking then they might switch it to like moderate or strict Mm -hmm. yeah that could be a strategy for sure yeah you you are right though around um uh how does it go what's the saying go it's uh correlation doesn't mean causation exactly exactly otherwise you could kind of think about that from every question that we've looked at as well it's not just yeah, yeah sure yeah, yeah, for sure. No, but it's a, but you know, it's interesting because, like, if you if if the conclusion is like, oh yeah, instant book will help you rank higher, 
then I feel like that makes sense, right? Whereas this one kind of goes against my intuition. Like I, w- I wouldn't think that Airbnb is is um is you know putting people with a higher with a strict cancellation policy if, uh, give them more visibility. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so that's why most I'm, people that's why don't I'm have most about people don't one. have most people don't have uh, a flexible cancellation policy though as well. Yeah. So you you kind of have to think about it like that. The distribution of most properties just don't have uh, they don't they don't use a, a flexible cancellation policy. So in some ways, if you want to think of it from that perspective, that most people don't have it. So Airbnb still needs to show you something when you're when you're searching on pages. And if most people don't have that policy, they're still going to show you up on. They're still going to push you to yeah. to 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 be visible. Yeah, and can I? I just want to do one fun example to sure. illustrate the coloration correlation versus causation. Because whoever whoever is confused about that, like you could, for example, correlate uh, the presence of cacti and kangaroos. Right, and then you put like Australia, you put like you know some other countries that don't have cacti, like Germany or something or Norway, and then you would say like, oh wow, look, you know, uh, kangaroos and cacti are like very correlated, but surely the kangaroo isn't there because there's there's cacti, right? Does this make sense? <laughs> yeah, I love that example actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one for sure. Uh, shall we go on to, uh, well, I guess uh, optimal check-in times. I think most people are kind of may already know this one, but, uh, uh, the, out of all the data that we looked at, the typical check-in time was three or 4 PM and then checkout times were 10 and 11 AM. Uh, what we did kind of notice though, is that the top ranking properties tended to have, uh, later check-ins. And then also um, earlier checkouts too. So, for example, it was by that I mean the choice between three p.m. and four p.m. So, tended to be four p.m. Uh, in those top ranking properties, and then checkout was was uh, was ten a.m. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean those those check in checkout times are a pretty. Standard. similar across the board, right? Yeah, pretty standard. Like pretty much everybody does three or four. And then 10 or 11. And what I like about doing four and 10 is because then you have a little bit of room to give people an extra hour, which, which then it like kind of feels like you're giving them something, you know, oh, yeah. giving them something, uh, something extra. Like we yeah, tend to, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so you're not supposed to be here, you, but I'll let you in. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, if it's like, uh, if you set it up, if you set it at 3 p.m. and then somebody's like, well, can I can I do two? Now that's that's kind of squeezing the cleaning time. Cleaning it is squeezing into the cleaning time a little, right? But if, if you set it at four, like it's easier to give them a three PM, right? If you set yeah. it at four. So anyway, yep. just a thought. More leverage for sure. Absolutely. Uh I guess I think this is our last one. Yeah, so this is our last one. What? Here. Uh yeah, I know. I'm sad too. <laughs> but we'll have more of these, so don't worry. Uh uh, does allowing pets help my listing rank higher? So we looked at this from purely uh, from the from the focus of 1.49 million searches uh, that did not have the pets only filter turned on. Of course, right? Like if you if you have pets only, 
you're going to, you're going to rank in the pets only, only, or sorry, pets allowed only. Uh, but when we looked at it, uh, we saw that, uh, properties that did not have, uh, that did not allow pets tended to rank higher on those top pages, um, quite aggressively more actually. Uh, and, uh, in the middle pages, it's pretty even. And then on the bottom pages, uh, the, the properties that did allow pets tended to rank higher on those, uh, uh, pages past six. You mean there's there was there's more listings that allow for pets on the bottom ranking pages? Yes, yeah, that was probably yeah. a clear way of saying that. Well, what's your what's your thought about about that? I'm gonna have a controversial thought again here. Uh, I think that typically it's harder to have a property from a cleanliness level with pets. And therefore, you know, if you if you don't have a clean property, especially pet hair, it can it it's, it can just last and just go into the next guest that stays there, and uh, that could potentially impact your overall scores, which could, of course, again mm. impact your overall rankings. Right. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. Could what be... do you think? Well. I mean, I feel like it might be a similar kind of similar rationale to when we we're talking about the cancellation policy, um, where it's like the people that are kind of struggling with their with their hosting business, struggling with getting bookings, they might just you know allow for pets and and kind of hope that that's going to work. I'm sure, it's not like you. I don't think it's going to be a huge ranking factor for Airbnb, but I don't think that if let's say you have a listing. And you suddenly switch it from not allowing pets to allowing pets. I don't think Airbnb is going to penalize your ranking for that. Does that if make you sense? turn it off, sorry. If you if you turn, it I off, mean, if it you first? suddenly, well, if you so like again, like with the correlation thing, it's like okay, we're seeing that people that don't allow pets rank higher, right? But if you if you have a listing and you allow pets and you suddenly don't allow it, it's not going. It's not like you're you're going to be bumped up in the search results or the other way around. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a strong ranking factor for the algorithm. And if anything, I would think that Airbnb wants to show, you know, properties that that allow pets. But yeah, uh, I mean, just from from I mean, this might be a better chart than the the one before. But you can see it just progressively gets higher. So the 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 first few pages, it's it's at twenty percent. Uh, sorry. Page one, let's say, let's say page one, it's at 22% of the properties on the first page. And then, um, uh, let's just say page 10, for example, on page 10, it goes up to 27%. So from 22% and 27%, we just kind of see a, a, a slow progression up to the ending, end pages, the last pages where, uh, properties that have pets allowed seem to be appearing more than when they are and they don't as appear, appear as much on the first pages but they appear more on the last pages yeah got it okay i guess it also kind of think you know it's, it's sort of you know would you book a property if it allowed pets like it probably doesn't stop you from 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 booking a property right if 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 you don't if you're not coming with a pet i mean 
if you're not coming with a pet, you probably wouldn't discount a property that that allows pets. Well, some people do because some people are worried about allergies mm. and cleanliness. You know, there are people that are very sensitive to um, to uh, like if there's a little one tiny little hair of a of a dog, and also like I I, I know more about this stuff because I since I married my wife, I, I have a dog. She came in a package with a little dog. So I, I understand now more of like one dog is like um, is more likely to cause allerg- allergic reactions in people than other dogs. So that's something to keep in mind as well if you ever get a dog. But anyway, <clears throat> I, I learned that there there are people that are so allergic to dogs that like if there was a dog and there's a tiny little hair or something, they might have a like a real reaction to that. You know, even if the place was clean. So th- th- there definitely are people that look at that. But it's probably a minority, I, w- I would think. Oh, yeah. I mean, now that you have a dog, you probably, depending on what your dog is, uh, I, I had a dog. So my dog passed away uh, six months ago, and I still find hair everywhere. <laughs> Even, in, you know, clothes, clothes that I've, I've washed, you know, three times, I still find, I still find hair in. So it's, yeah. it's, it's very difficult to get rid of hair. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, we, we actually, at our our properties in Idlewild for free wild we we're not allowing pets anymore we used to we used to allow pets but now we have such nice furniture and like you know and also we can get away with it now because because of our properties are so nice now we'll, there's you know we feel like there's enough demand for us to not having to allow pets because if you don't allow pets like you're cutting out certain part of the the demand right so that's why mm-hmm. i'm also thinking that maybe that's a reason why more properties allow pets at the bottom, you know, at the at the lower ranking pages, because it's the it's the really nice properties that rank well because of a lot of other aspect aspects. They can they can get away with not allowing pets because there's enough demand for those properties anyway. Yeah, you could look at it from that perspective too. There's always every time we're looking at these charts, you know, we're kind of, it, it's 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 healthy, I think, actually, to hypothesize around the reasons why why these things are just because it helps us. Uh, well, be better managers, really, and make better better decisions. It, it kind of sharpens the intuition, I would say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's always, but it's all it's good, man. I mean, I'm not, you know, I feel like I'm kind of, uh, how to say, uh, diminishing your data, but that's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, data is supposed to be right when you when you put something like that together. You know, we had other things too that we saw. Where we were like, okay, well, this is kind of like this is very weird. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure if this is going to make a lot of sense here uh, to, to include there. And, you know, it also depends on the questions that you ask and, and all that kind of stuff too. Right. Um, but yeah. we, we kind of put together some, um, some, some questions that we thought would be relevant for the majority of people uh, and, and try to look at the data from that perspective and see, uh, yeah. you know, if you have this turned on, are you going to rank better? Yeah. And, you know, if I, I recommend everybody download the report. At what was it, rankbreeze.com. You created a really very difficult URL. Like, so I just put up a pr- pretty link <laughs> and just make it like, make it rankbreeze slash study. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that? I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do rankbreeze slash study. Yes, I will do that. <laughs> so that, that will help. Yeah, that will help with uh, the amount of people that are actually going to download it. Yeah, I will definitely do that. <laughs> All right. So rankbreeze.com slash study. By the time this podcast goes live, you know, you'll have that fixed, I'm sure. Even oh, I know sure. how to do that, so I'm sure you know how to do that. 
<laughs> yep. um, but yeah, go ahead, uh, guys. If you're listening here, rankbreeze.com slash study, uh, download the report. Definitely some uh, some really interesting data in here. And as you have noticed during this uh, podcast interviews, there's it's up to you how you want to interpret the data and like kind of what conclusions you believe that you can draw from it. Uh, but hopefully our discussion and uh, slightly different viewpoints here and there maybe has uh, will help you to you know to kind of you know form your conclusion uh, as well. So yeah, hopefully yeah, I so think this the is data, helpful. The data is always true, right? The data is the data is always yes. correct because it, it's data that. doesn't lie. It's not that the data is yeah. It's not that the data is incorrect. It's just how we interpret it and whether again like is causation is correlation causation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, dude. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast and, you know, putting, creating these cool reports and, and sharing all this info with us. Yeah, thanks, Jasper. It was great to see you again and uh, be back on the pod. All righty. Thanks, Kelvin. And uh, for the listeners, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Again, if you want to uh, watch the the report, if you want to see the report as we're going through it, um, you can always uh, check out our YouTube because on YouTube, we have the actual videos, right? So you can, you can listen to the audio, but you can also look, uh, watch the videos. Um, I noticed, by the way, I there's a couple of podcasts that I listen to, and they uh, they have video on Spotify as well. And we're we're on Spotify, but we don't have the video on Spotify. So if you consume the podcast on Spotify and, and you think we should do video on Spotify, then let me know because that's definitely something that we can make happen. So with that said, hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.